AFC Championship Game Week continues on Sports BKC, presented by Big O Tires. It's Tuesday, January 14th, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian provide the next day or two perspective of the remarkable triumph over the Houston Texans in the AFC Divisional Round game on Sunday. And they answer the question, is Chiefs playoff bad karma a thing of the past? We resume the topic after a break and discuss the role Patrick Mahomes plays in helping Kansas City cope with its playoff past. Here we go with Sam and Vahe. Sam and Vahe are here. Um, hi, guys. What's up, Blair? Hello, Blair. It's good to see both of you. It's only a day after after the uh, the Chiefs went over the Texans in the in the uh, in the divisional round game, uh, but this is being posted on Tuesday, so we don't, we don't like to deceive our right. our listeners, right? Transparency, absolutely. Um, so I just saw you guys less than twenty four hours ago. Well, in fact, we just talked about the Chiefs Texans less than twenty four <laughs> yeah. hours ago. But I wanted to take the occasion to um, to ask you guys and discuss. You know, any kind of day after thoughts about what proved to be an incredible game for the Chiefs. And my first thought is, uh, in, in, in the form of a question, did the, did the outcome and the way that the Chiefs won that game, coming from 24 down to win by 20, um, in any way erase the... The bad karma of Chiefs playoff, you know, teams in the past, or do they have to continue to win for that victory to be considered a, a turning point for for the Chiefs? I have a very like ready answer for this. Um, <laughs> Our eyes met. <laughs> yeah, I saw I just, your anticipation I need, <laughs> pouncing. I need to take this shot. Sorry. Um, I asked like basically that question to Mitch Schwartz after the game, and look like. The way that they, they, that game was, there, I, there's never been a game like that. Um, I mean, literally in, in NFL history, there's never been a game quite like that. And, and for it to happen on that stage with this franchise and their history, um, I, I don't think there's anybody in that stadium or even watching TV that that um, that has followed the Chiefs that didn't feel exactly that. And so, you know, I asked um, Mitch Schwartz about. You know, that's how people feel, you know, that that, that this franchise with 21 to 3 and 38 to 10 and, you know, all, all the things that people know about needed to break through in a way like that. And then I was like, it's a fan thing, right? And he's like, yes, Pat Mahomes is, is 24 years old. Um, you know, like we he, he's been our quarterback two years and we've been in the AFC championship two years. And and that's all true. And I think what you just said, though, is also true that if they don't win if they lose on Sunday against the Titans as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against a team that everybody thinks they're better than, um, it's Patrick Mahomes against Ryan Tannehill at Arrowhead for a chance at the Super Bowl, then the the way that we think about what happened on sun, this past Sunday um, you know, uh, against the Texans, against a decent Texans team, just gets wiped out and thought about a hell of a lot differently. Like this moment we're living in right now cannot last forever. It expires one way or the other on Sunday, and it's either is this team going to the Super Bowl or this team choking. The, the point, not really a counterpoint, but, but a, a sort of corollary to what you're saying, I think, is yes, when it comes to fans and media. Yeah. Um, you want to see the team take advantage of this. It seems like everything's primed for them and now double 
doubly so after that, the sort of thing that makes you feel like you purged some demons. And we as observers feel like, well, if you don't take advantage of it, then what was the good? But I do think even if they lose to the Titans, that that team, something more happens within that team than, than we might feel or see that sustains them you know, as we go on with the unfolding story over years to come, right? I mean, I don't think it's like a, just a one-off. I think it's the kind of thing that has, has some staying power. Now, if they you know, lose Sunday and they do nothing next year, I mean, then you just think, well, what, what did it mean at all? I guess I'm not ready to say that if they don't do something with this, that that game didn't mean anything. But it, you, you sure would feel down as an observer. It, it would um, be, I, I just think it would be, the biggest I mean, certainly one of the biggest missed opportunities yeah. that the Chiefs or any team could imagine. It would like feel all, like a waste. All it, the things sure. that have broken their way um, and you know I mean they were staring at a wild card game um, you know what two weeks ago three weeks ago whatever you know losing track of time and only got this bye because the Dolphins won in Foxborough and then that bye turns into effectively the number one seed because now, now they get to play the AFC Championship game at home. Um, you know, Anthony Hitchens said after, you know, this is it. We got to do it. Like, you know, these opportunities don't come forever. Um, you know, everybody in Blair, you <laughs> you, you brought this up. Every, a lot of people brought this up. Like, Dan Marino, you know, they, they thought he'd be in the Super Bowl all the time. And look, like, I think that Patrick is in a hell of a situation with his coach and his teammates and, and the infrastructure they have built around him. But... There's at least what I think, I think most people would agree, uh, three elite quarterbacks in the AFC and only one of them can get to the Super Bowl every year. I mean, I just think you, you got to go when you get these chances. I, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to suggest that I don't think you better seize the moment because I hope I didn't no, I understand, come off like, like that. But, but I just, you're talking about it's not going to ruin in, in the 30,000 like, foot. I don't feel like it should view. feel ruinous, but um, I, I come away from yesterday thinking that we, we're all reminded they can, they can pretty much, you know, do anything with this, this guy there. Yeah. And, um, so I guess I wouldn't feel like if they lose the Titans, well, that means they, they can't find a way, but, but your bigger point too, is also very true. Seldom have you ever seen anything just seem to fall in line for a team like this. And, you know, one of the things you'll always hear people that win championships say is, you know, yeah, we were really good, but things had to fall in our favor. Uh And that's absolutely happened. Even shoot, you can, Trace a pattern back to when Patrick's knee got mangled and yep. turned out, oh, we can play in a couple of weeks. Yep. I mean, yep. there seemed to be some fortune in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about a team that, um, I mean, there's a million things, but the, the two one the, the two that I think of the most is how the 16 games played out of, you know, with, with good fortune is one. The biggest story of this team in weeks one through 17 was injuries. I mean, they, they had, it was almost comical. They were six, seven starters. I mean, makeshift offensive line. Um, you know, when Mahomes played, it was often with, you know, either an injured hand that he couldn't throw deep or it was an ankle that he couldn't really run around. I mean, it, it was just everywhere on the team that there were injuries. Now they're really healthy. Juan Thornhill is a miss. Like, that. Yeah, that, that yeah. is a, a significant, you know, miss. But assuming that another week Chris Jones can play, they're pretty much healthy. I know Andrew Wiley's been out, but Wisniewski can play. You know, and, and and he's been solid. And the other thing I think about is with this Titans team, and Mitch Holtis was the first one I, I, I heard made this point, that losing that game, as bad as it was in the moment, um, 
push them down in, in the waiver order. So they get Terrell Suggs. They still get the buy anyway, you know, but they still get Suggs ahead of the Ravens, the 49ers, the Seahawks. I forgot who else. Um, and, and so they get everything anyway. I mean, there's just like this long list of, of just really crazy, fortunate breaks that the Chiefs have had. And that was the last time they lost. Am I remembering correctly? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. The last time they lost. Yeah. Um, and to your point about the injuries, uh, one of the, the moments you can, you can uh, highlight for how chaotic it was for so long was that that was the game, I think, where they had um, oh, yeah. the offensive line. What was it? Three straight plays that a right tackle got knocked out? Was that something, what it was? It was something like that. I think three straight plays that an offensive lineman. Was it a right tackle? Was Mitch Schwartz and then right after him? Whoever backed uh, up Mitch came in and got hurt immediately. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were an injury away from like was it Cam, Anthony was it Sharman Cam playing I right guard or something. I don't think it was. It could have been. But, uh, but I remember you're right. You're right. And, and it was course, what was notable was Schwartz lost his consecutive snap yeah. streak that day. And it was one. I think part of what that left it, them with was one guy playing the position he started the season at yeah. for, for a couple couple yeah. plays, and that 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 I don't know just kind of yeah. illustrated how ridiculous that line situation got. Yeah, and 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 then you know if you had one more injury at that point, I mean they didn't, so whatever. But if you had one more injury, you have you know football's equivalent of a position player pitching. Basically, you know, whether it's Blake Bell playing like right tackle or, or they wouldn't have thrown the pass to him that didn't right. work later. I so, right. never asked Andy about that. Yeah. What if, you know, what if you've gone through all your offensive linemen? Who's your, who's your guy? Crazy. Um, so as you guys were uh, discussing this, I, I jotted down a couple of notes just to, uh, to, to answer some points. Um, the, uh, the, the Miami win over the Patriots to, let, to put the Chiefs to give the Chiefs the buy. That was I forgot what the number was. It was like one of the biggest upsets in, in thirty years. Thirty it was years tied it, it by, was by point spread. Unbelievable. In thirty that, years that that, yep. that occurred. Seventeen and a half or something like that point under. Right, and the Chiefs which scored. Andy noted in his post game, which right. I've never. <laughs> Andy noted the point spread. Point spread of the yeah. other game. Yes, yeah. I, didn't, great. I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, he remembered the distinction. Something like yeah. it was the biggest upset or, or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. And the reference to Dan Marino, um, you know, if the Chiefs win on on Sunday and qualify for the Super Bowl, there'll be a lot of Dan Marino talk yep. uh, as uh, as it relates to Pat Mahomes. The thing about Dan Marino, I believe this is right. Don Shula was still the coach. Don Shula, mm-hmm. still, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, Hall of Famer, you know, number I think number two on the career victory list, and uh, and couldn't get back to a Super Bowl with with Dan Marino. He has said that's his biggest regret in coaching is not being able to win a Super Bowl with Dan Marino. That, and not not even I think he only got back to one or two AFC title games. I think yeah. they got back the next year, lost to the. Patriots team that that got pummeled by the Bears and the the eighty five Bears, but I think that may have been it for even getting back to an AFC title game. So wow. that's why I you know I think about the history of the game in that way, and but it, but I also relate it to the the torture that Chiefs fans have been through with their playoff teams, the way they've lost these games. You can't take anything for granted. You, yeah. you better appreciate what happened on Sunday at Arrowhead and. The place was electric. It really was. And how could it not be with the way that that game unfolded? But there's part of me that thinks, man, you better take advantage of yeah. this. You better. I mean, yes, I know some years nine and seven teams get to the Super Bowl. Six seeds get to the Super Bowl. And that's never the Chiefs, right? It's always it's somebody else. It could be the Titans, right? They're nine and yeah. seven and yeah. a six seed. But 
Uh, and, and they've had this incredible run of going to going to New England and winning, and then uh-huh. the the Ravens win in, um, in in last weekend in the divisional round. But man, the Chiefs have had a much. If you believe in these things, and apparently Mitchell Schwartz does, Schwartz doesn't, and he shouldn't, and no player should or coach should. But when you take the take it in its entirety, uh, you know from from a you know from a fan's perspective, from media that's been around for for so long. What a missed opportunity this will yep. be if they don't get this one done. It I, is. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I feel like you're right, exactly right. Like Mitch should not think this. And no, nobody, nobody in that locker room should feel that, should feel that burden. Absolutely not. But I think if you talk to guys who played on the Chiefs in the 90s, with time, with distance, they talk like fans. And they talk about how the pressure mounted and it just it became too much. And there were one mistake turned into two and three. I mean, I think that, that stuff – Sometimes I think, you know, can seep into it. And, you know, another one, like everybody talks about Dan Marino and, and deservedly so, and Aaron Rodgers is still playing. But when they win their one Super Bowl, um, I think they beat the Steelers, yep. if I remember right, sure in, in Texas, in, at Dallas. Um, I remember a story by, um, oh my gosh, I, I'm, uh, I'm blanking on the, the legendary beat writer uh, that covered the Packers for a long time. But he wrote this story. It was McGinn. Yeah, Bob McGinn um, wrote this terrific story about how like this could be the worst Packers team in in the next decade because the roster they were all twenty four and, and and they had had a bunch of injuries that year and you know he's thinking like they're going to get healthy all these guys are young they're going to have contract extensions this could be the NFL's next dynasty and and it was all factual like I mean it was just built in a way that that's how it should have gone and you know they never got back and look it is interesting or haven't yet I should say. To- I guess they haven't. Um, but with a chance. Yep. Here we are with the, uh, the looming Super Bowl one reunion right. matchup waiting. Um, it is interesting just to think about how much differently we will see this game in Chiefs history, depending on whether. I mean, I, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, it it, it will it will look entirely different in the context of the history for us, for fans, than it than it uh, if one way or another, whatever plays out from here. Um, I just don't know if it, like in there, like you said, those guys can't think that way. They shouldn't think that way. If if you think that way, they probably don't even win that game yesterday, right? I mean, they because you 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 you've got to just keep going, mm-hmm. you know, keep stacking plays, as they say, and that that that's how it is. You start over. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. If your steering wheel has more traction than your actual tires, that's a big oh no. Thankfully. For all your car's big O knows, there's always a big O yes. Now through February 2nd, buy three, get one free on select sets of four Aspen Touring AS or Mesa AP2 brand tires with paid installation purchase. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 where permitted. See store for pricing. Eligibility may vary. Not valid with other offers. At participating locations, no cash value. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer 
to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger. We're talking about the Chiefs. Taking a quick look back at the Texans game on Sunday and looking ahead to the AFC Championship game against the Tennessee Titans. The the number two seed Chiefs against number six seed Tennessee Titans in um, in, in Arrowhead Stadium at two o'clock on on uh, on Sunday. Chiefs were in this position a year ago and fell to the New England Patriots, who went on to the Super Bowl. Just to you know, go back a little bit to what we were saying before the break. <laughs> we're talking about you know opportunities and um, you, you got to you got to take advantage of them. The Patriots have kind of spoiled football for everybody, right? Because. It, it, it was always them in the way, and you could have the best team. Remember, the Chargers were fourteen and two one year with Marty Schottenheimer, and it was a great Chargers team. And they couldn't get it done. The Chiefs at Arrowhead last year because of you know they had a great team and magic season for Mahomes, and you know there was Belichick and Brady in the way, and they didn't get it done. How many how many teams have you know from out of the AFC anyway? that weren't able to get it done just because the Patriots are in the way. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore. And I know one discussion that we had earlier today is, um, can the can the Chiefs be a – are they the leading candidate to – I don't know. Is the AFC going to unfold in the next few years the way it did previously with the Patriots at the top and everybody trying to beat them? Because what I saw from Patrick Mahomes on Sunday was that guy's a boss and – um, it's going to be tough to beat those guys. This is a terrific team with great players, a damn good coach, an improved defense. I don't, you know, let's get into a Super Bowl before we start talking about how good they can be in future years. It just seems like they're in a good place. Well, it does seem like they're in a good place, but I, I think in certain ways you look at some of what the Patriots did and it's about unprecedented, and, and I'm not sure how you can duplicate that. Now, you can be in the hunt a lot, but I, I, I think, yeah, let's get him to a Super Bowl and see how we start feeling about that. One quick twist on something you said, which part of that fortune that the Chiefs have had. You know, there were a lot of, a lot of weird officiating calls that day um, in Foxborough, the Chiefs-Patriots game. I'd say kind of equaled out in a lot of ways. But you, you can't expect to have a couple touchdowns taken off the board in New England. And if the Chiefs don't win that game, then – all the dominoes fall differently in that playoff lineup, and things just look different. I mean, it it, it just does. So, just another point of all that that and and having the Patriots out of the, this postseason, it it does affect how you look at all the possibilities. Maybe part of the karma for the Chiefs this year to have maybe you know, the, the Kelsey yeah. fumble uh, fumble return was should have been a Patriots touchdown, yeah. but wasn't. Um, the out of bounds at the, near the goal line, and then. then but the Chiefs had to come up with that defensive stand. They did, it, yeah. Well, held, held into a field goal, but but uh, no, that's look. You they they got to they got to win Sunday for us to have talk about what you know, what we might be looking at. Although that'll be a national narrative, won't it? Uh, when the, if the Chiefs win Sunday, I've already seen this dribbling out a little bit in, in, in national stories that the Chiefs are set up for you know, for greatness. For but we thought that last year too. This, this isn't new. We we thought it last year, but. Got to tell you, you know, starting quarterback for two years, two straight AFC title games, that's a pretty good record. Yeah, I mean, they are. Um, like, all, all those things are true. They are set up for that. And, and I do think that if you could just pick one quarterback, that you, I don't know what Lamar Jackson did this year, but I, I think you would take Mahomes. Um, and I think the skill position, that it's all there. But um, 
you know, maybe this is I'm piggybacking off of what you just said, Vahe, but, um, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are in the best position to dominate the next decade. But I think it's likelier than not that not one team dominates the next decade. You know what I mean? Like, I just um, I think the Ravens are really good and they've got a great quarterback. They, they might have some stuff to work through this offseason and next season of, of making sure that kind of thing is is repeatable um, of, of how they did their offense and they can keep their quarterback healthy and all that. Um, but they've got an incredible quarterback and a really good, you know, proven coach. And Houston has at least half of that. Um, I'm not sure about the coach part. Um, New England has at least half of that. Um, don't know about the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know about the, the quarterback part anymore. So, um, but there's there's enough teams, uh, you know, if Cleveland, if they can ever get it figured out, there's at least talent um, on that roster. But, you know, that that's why, again, I guess I'm repeating myself now, but I think that makes it doubly important that you just, you do stuff when you can. And and right now, look, Tennessee is a worthy opponent. They're nine and seven of the six seed, you know, all that stuff, but uh, completely different team since Ryan Tannehill. I think they're nine and three, including the playoffs, um, yeah. you know, with, with Tannehill, since they made that switch, their defense is fast. They take the right angles. They're smart. They're aggressive. They hit hard. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a hell of a challenge. Um, you know, so this isn't like a, you know, the, the NFL equivalent of, you know, the two losing to a 15 or something like that. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, when, when you have this, what seems to be a window of opportunity for the chiefs, the, the door is open, right. For the, for the chiefs to not just to, um, not just for this year, but it's, it's, it's open for them for a while. That's how it works in the NFL. Some windows stay open longer than others. I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a nice window uh, a couple years ago, and that you know, lasted all of one one season. But this one, because of Mahomes and and uh, the Chiefs will do everything in their power to make sure that he's taken care of financially after after this season. It'll, it'll be a that'll be a topic for a future podcast. Whatever you want, Pat. Right. Like that is <laughs> right. Be a but and, and I heard this conversation earlier in the day. Put a little too much on a twenty four year old to um, to lift the franchise out of. Historical doldrums. Uh, a little, a little much to ask one dude. You know, I, I go back to uh, <laughs> this conversation I had with with Stephen St. John, uh, who I think does a great job at eight ten. This was before Mahomes' first season, and it was just like, and we were going through all this, like, oh my god, like the hopes and dreams of an entire city, and <laughs> damn near fifty years, and all these playoff failures, and <laughs> it's just supposed to be this like raspy voiced, you know, kid. <laughs> You know, with, with the rocket arm, and I'm just like, no pressure, you know, whatever. And Steven goes, you know what? A lot of pressure. Damn right. A lot of pressure. And you know what? Like, I do think, and I'm going to write about this this week, I think, I mean, it's a hell of a burden. And it's a burden unlike, I think, I don't think I'm exaggerating right now. I think it's a burden unlike any single athlete in Kansas City has had. Maybe Tom Watson's an individual sport. Maybe that's different somehow. But in baseball, you just fundamentally that sport works differently and i think more is being put on him than than was Derek thomas than was anybody else that, that i can think of with the chiefs um but damned if he doesn't look up for the challenge you know he i i feel exactly like you do about everything you just said and i i come away continually somehow again and again amazed at how he seems to handle it all yeah he's not a guy who'll be spoiled by it he's not a guy who'll get complacent from it but more to this point he sort of seems impervious to like, oh, you know, what me worry? Um, something 
I saw, and I didn't really know how to quantify it yesterday, but the first touchdown they scored yesterday when it was 24 nothing. The way he just the way he threw the two balls. The first pass was to Kelsey, and then it was the the route to Damian Williams. I'm just just watching his ease. Like he wasn't going to overthrow those balls. He wasn't going to put too much on them. He was just so in control of his emotions. And then, of course, he uncorked his emotions. You know, down the field, getting people, you know, lathered up. I, I just see a guy who knows who he is and is completely comfortable in his skin in, in ways that are unimaginable for anybody that, that yeah. isn't him. Like, I, how would you feel comfortable with this kind of scrutiny? There's no question. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, too, because I remember thinking, you know, at least to me, it seemed like it's, it's Watson or Mahomes if, if you're going to take a quarterback in that round. And one of the things that I like, you know, you like about Watson in that situation is he's performed on the biggest stage. Won, won the biggest game to win in yeah. college. A two-minute drive to beat <laughs> the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, and the year before, it took him to the national championship game as well. And you're kind of thinking, this little, you know, like gunslinger with the great <laughs> highlight reel but he's finishing five and seven at texas tech you know losing like, by 40 at iowa state yeah like how how does that guy you know rise from from that platform to this one and you know look i think deshaun watson still has that you know i, I think all that stuff yeah. is still in him but i just you know for for mahomes to be who he is at this point it's just uh i mean it's it really it's transformational well, I think Sunday's game might seal it for me that the dude is uh, bad karma proof. You know, he just, yeah. you know, he's just, he doesn't wear any of it, and yeah. and, and it's unfair, it, you know, for him to carry the, the burden of fifty years of playoff failure is entirely unfair yeah. to him and to this team, but especially sure. him because we look at him as the person that's going to, you know, to, to cross that line, but. I, there's nothing that I've seen in the two years that he's played as, as a starter for the Chiefs that he, he's got, you know, some gaffe or some disaster, like how in the world did that happen sort of play in him. I haven't seen anything quite like that. 24 nothing on Sunday wasn't his fault. Yeah. Right. Kelsey dropped the first the, – the Kelsey and Demarcus Robbins dropped passes that would have kept drives alive as, as the Texans built that lead. He put the ball where it was supposed to be. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do the wrong thing. You know what else he's got is, uh, I mean, the the talent is obvious, right? But like, as much as a quarterback matters, you can't win by yourself. Frank Clark had three sacks. Um, Travis Kelsey, they they did not have an answer for for Travis Kelsey. Uh, pass interference penalties, catches, um, the whole bit. But one thing that he's got, and this can be like kind of a byproduct of talent, is um, everybody around him sees him Ooh. and raises a little bit. And I remember in training camp in 2018, I remember getting text messages with uh, video clips of stuff that he was doing in training, in practices that was just blowing people's minds. And that fed into, that That was conversations that all of us have had which with guys on this team about, they just talk about that guy a little bit differently. And, and I think NFL, there, there's too much money at stake for these guys to not be focused and locked in and productive and all those things anyway. But when you have, you know, just sort of this outlier talent, especially at that position, I really, I, you know, having covered the Chiefs on both sides of this, um, th there's a clear difference to the mood, the energy, the focus in the room um, when you have that guy as, as opposed to when you don't. You know, the outlier talent, you've said this in as many words for sure, but it also comes with that sort of frame of mind that I don't think he does carry the burden 
I don't think it's like there's some weight that he's actually dealing with. I think it's like, no, that's not on my shoulders. This, I'm here. I'm in this moment. I do this. Um, not, to, not to say he's carefree. I don't mean that. But I think he just he, – he knows what, what, what's important. He knows what matters. He knows what he can control. Yeah. And apparently he can control quite a lot more than many people yeah. can. They, they, um, I, I think he carries it, but um, he either doesn't realize it or just doesn't. It's not a burden, him. I guess, is you what. Know, one thing that Andy Reid says a lot, he uses this term a lot. And it's, it's bled into like now everybody in the organization uses it. They always say like, here's what's real. I focus on what's real. That's what's real. <laughs> and I feel like that's Patrick. Yeah. You know, here's yeah. what's real. What's real is uh, I don't care that it's 24 to nothing. What's real is we just got the ball here, and they're playing press man on Travis Kelsey, and I, I can throw this pass, and we're going to – like, that's what's real. And that's – as they would say, that's how they roll. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, that's just how it's been. The other thing he did on Sunday that I, that I loved and cho- it showed me so much is uh, because of the way uh, the Texans were, were, were covering receivers, he ran for 56 yards – yeah. And had the had, had the awareness, and each time it was to the right. But um, look, we've we've seen it we've seen it from him, you know, throughout his couple of years as a starter. But I just I found it interesting that in in, in a playoff uh, bracket this year that had the, uh, the 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 first quarterback in NFL history to pass for whatever it was uh, Lamar Jackson did was thirty five hundred yards and rushed for over thousand. a thousand, and then Deshaun Watson, who's seen as the you know guy who can really kill you with his legs. Patrick Mahomes kept you know, drives alive in that comeback time in the first half, you know, using understanding they were playing press man, had their you know, corners and safeties had their backs to the play, and you know, chunks of yardage was available for him. So he just yeah. tucked, tucked it and ran, ended up being the Chiefs' leading rusher in in you know in a playoff game yesterday. <laughs> I'm just um, you know five touchdown passes. What, what was the stat yesterday? Five. First player in NFL history with five touchdown, five touchdown passes, three hundred yards passing, and fifty yards rushing. Yep. I think something like that. Yep. So. And he's not. I mean, he's he's obviously a really good athlete, um, and he's agile. He can you know move around in the pocket. Uh, but like, if, if Deshaun Watson is a step below Lamar Jackson, and so is like pretty much every other human, um, I, I think that Patrick Mahomes is a step below Deshaun as far as you know just running ability quick twitch you know change right. of direction but he, he did that a few times you remember in mexico city you know he he's smart enough yes. he uses his agility to buy time to throw he doesn't use it to run unless things like that happen he had a big run maybe a couple of them in detroit you know um uh maybe even in that last drive to, to win the game that the biggest play of that drive i think was a scramble it was and and he does that if you turn your back on him he'll run he won't run as fast as Lamar Jackson or, or, or Deshaun Watson, but he'll he'll get enough. He'll run, you, out of, he'll run out of bounds, too. You know, he's not going to yes, take that hit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think his 40 time is? <laughs> it's, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't make you say, wow, yeah, faster than you thought. I don't think. I don't think so. But Four, eight. I, I, just, I have no idea. But um, you just watch him move around. He's not – Well, he's he, really agile. He's, he's agile and he has conviction about where he's going, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and those two things together, mm-hmm. you know, make up for some speed, I think. Yeah. And from our perspective in the press box, high above the field, we see we see the field opening up in a way he doesn't, but we yeah. see it. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's there's twenty yards of real estate right there. Yeah. You know, just just go. And he, and now he does. I wonder if that's part of what he's talked about of of taking what the defense gives you. You know, I, I just and I haven't really thought this before our discussion right now, so maybe I need to think it through a little bit. But I don't remember him doing that as much last year. And 
it also doesn't seem like there's that many times where you think, oh my God, like everybody's got their back to you. You've got 18 yards that you can just go and he doesn't do it. You know what I mean? Like he seems to pick his spots perfectly. I could be wrong about this, but I'm persuaded that I, I don't know what the timeline for it would be, but that late last season, last five, six, seven games, that he was fighting something in ankle, knee, leg, that I think he ran less or at least um, took advantage of openings less in those games than he did earlier in the season. Could totally be wrong. It's yeah. just, but I, but I, I think that's what happened. And I think the fact that he's still doing it now is really testimony to the amazing recovery he made you know, remember, it was bad enough that he was dealing with the ankles and then, yeah. then the knee. And the knee goes from pointing north to pointing east on his, <laughs> yeah. on his leg. And I'm still not convinced that he's – I guess we haven't really discussed this, but is he probably going to get surgery as soon as the season's done on that knee? I was told when, – when that stuff was going on, I was told, like, probably is, is the word that, that I heard used. But, um, you know, one other thing, too, like, this is something that maybe fans don't care about, but – um, you know, everybody's got their Rick Bur- Burkholder jokes when Eric Berry is day to day for an entire season. I was one of them, you know, making the jokes right, right along with everybody else. But um, they deserve some credit with all this of, you know, and, and, and Patrick, he gave them credit in, in the postgame last, you know, of, of having that recovery. Guys don't usually get healthier. Di- guys don't often get healthier um, as the season goes on, but he sure has. All right, Vahe just gave us a signal that we're running long here. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to bail. We got a lot to talk about this week, and we'll have a lot of. It'll be a it'll be a Chiefs week in sports on Sports BKC. I hope you'll stay with us. Sam Melliger, Vahe Gregorian, thanks guys, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Vahe. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. We've got you covered this week with daily shows about the Chiefs AFC Championship game meeting with the Tennessee Titans. We'll have sound from both teams, analysis from our columnists and writers, and more. Thanks to Derek Donovan for producing today's episode. And where you can, please leave us a rating, review, and share the episode. It helps. We'll be back on Wednesday on Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Every day.